author of Brett Snakes. And uh, <laughs> if I fucking, that came up in Thanksgiving. My cousin walked up to me. He was pretty drunk, and he just looked me in the eye, and he goes, Rat Snakes. <laughs> I was like, Rat Snakes. For everybody listening, Rat Snakes is Mr. Sheffield's book, which will be in the top comment and in the description. It's a fantastic fucking book about being undercover ATF. And also, what we kind of got into last time, which my mind has been hooked on, is... Well, I don't want to... Now, nah, I guess I'll spoil it. Is your seeming brush-in with... CNN, not CNN, probably CNN, CIA gun running operation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I can't get my mind off of that as I'm listening to more and more audiobooks about all sorts of things going on. And there's, that seems to be a common theme that comes up in all sorts of stuff. Uh, like embassy, uh, embassy security services, um, Air Force OSI, uh, FBI. It, it's a common theme I see in different stories occurring over different decades. They all talk about sometimes they they run into something. They nudge up against the side of, if you will, something that goes up to, quote, the agency. And they get told from someone higher up, back off. Go away. And it's... I, my mind's just stuck on that. And I know, I, I know there's only so much you can talk about, but... Fuck, my mind's just been hooked on that. Well, um, story I didn't tell you, I think I put it in the book, though, but it was a, a very creepy event for me because we got involved in a big, big gun-running operation with all kinds of ties to South Africa, and there were money wires going back and forth, and we had no idea what the hell we had stumbled on because these were two seemingly average people buying up i mean i mean hundreds of thousands of dollars in guns and ammos and, and accessories and cleaning kits and like you were trying to outfit a small army or something sure. so we've been on them for months and months and finally we were sitting around me and my partner were sitting around with the u.s attorney and he said man we probably ought not go any farther before we get somebody to weigh in whether or not we're stepping on toes. Mm. Obviously, our first thing that came to mind was international gun running has got to be a company operation, you know. And having had those experiences before, I didn't want something snatched out from under us after months and months of surveillance and all that. So we went through this cumbersome process, had to go through our headquarters, through our CIA liaison, to their liaison, to their people, back through their liaison. Took weeks and weeks and weeks, and we were finally told, told, not asked, no negotiation, be at this location um, in Atlanta on this day at this time. And, you know, we'll figure it out what if you're into something. Um, we meet a guy, no doubt is name was bogus no doubt the office was bogus it was sparsely uh furnished i mean sparsely not like somewhere somebody's going working every day or yeah. a couple times a week or even once a month yeah just like a prop office yeah we go in there and we talk to this guy for about two hours trying to find out if we're stepping on any toes crossing wires on a big case or something we literally walked out, and the part that was compelling was the U.S. attorney. He was a super sharp 
just highly educated, you know, prosecutor. Um, and when he walked out, he looked at me and my partner, he said, does anybody else feel like we were just played? We don't know any more than we did when we came in here after two hours, but that guy knows everything about us. Yeah. I mean, it was very slick. It was very skilled the way uh. he played us and worked it. Um, <laughs> but he wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing it to be nefarious. Sure. They were trying to facilitate the question we asked, which is, are we interfering with the government operation? Well, about a week, 10 days go by, back and forth, back and forth through the liaison line. We finally, through the U.S. attorney, they only communicated with the U.S. attorney. He called us in. He goes, okay, boys, we can keep going. Um, the answer we got is if you were pursuing a criminal investigation on these people, um, we would have no input or concern. Okay. Literally, that's all we got. Okay. After weeks and weeks and weeks of back and forth and high level meetings and discussions and everything, they weren't going to tell us another damn thing. They weren't going to help us out and go, well, it's not our operation, but we have been tracking them and here's some good info for you or something. Nothing. They gave us nothing wow. except go ahead and continue your investigation. And we just kind of all looked at each other and went, man, that's just some creepy shit. That is, that is some spook shit. That is... That's what they do, man. That's why they're good at what they do. Fuck. It's so sexy. It is. It's, it is. It's fucking, yeah. Scary when you have to deal with that. Absolutely. Like, it's a sexy thing to hear through through my webcam on my laptop listening to you. If I'm in your position, I'm shitting my pants. I'm changing. yeah. You don't ever want to. Nope. You don't ever want to have to like marry up with those guys. Nope. We're we're just two different animals. Yeah, yeah. They are. I wouldn't even. I would say all the agencies are different animals, except that one. That one's a weird winged demon ghost. <laughs> I had actually. Um, I got some good advice when I was young, and I was trying to get through college and become a fed. And they said, when you finish your degree shotgun the federal government because you never know who's okay. going to hire you. Okay. You just take the first job, get your foot in the door, stop your, start your time accumulating Yep. because it was acceptable back then. I think still today for you to move from one agency to another. So if you started as an FBI agent, you say, hey, you know, I really belong at DEA or ATF. Or something. It was okay to do that. Yep. You know how in some jobs, you leave a job and, well, you're persona non grata, man. We gave you a job and you quit. But it wasn't that way in the federal government. So when I shotgunned him, I shotgunned the CIA. First of all, it took me about 12 calls. We didn't have the internet like we have today. <laughs> took me about 12 calls to find out that I could get somebody to talk to, a recruiter or however that worked. And then I don't remember all the details. So I called the number. I I get a flat, hello. I said, um, I'm sorry, I was trying to get the recruiter for the, how may I help you? And, or, or no, she didn't even say that. She said, fine, what's your name and your mailing address? And I gave it to her and she said, thank you, have a nice day and hung up. That was our extent of our conversation. Didn't ever identify herself, who I was talking to or anything. And this is some low level clerk. Yeah. About two weeks later, I get a freaking envelope in the mail, no return address. Um, 
postmark was just, you know, generic with my name written on it and inside was an application or a questionnaire or whatever started that process. And I said, you know what, do you really want to work for an outfit that can't even put their return address on an envelope? You might be biting off more than you can chew. So I kind of stepped away from that, although it would have been a cool career. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Part of it could be like a bit of a turnoff. Like they can't even do that. But part of me would be like, that would just suck me in that much more. I know. I know. It, it did. Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> well, intrigued me. Oh, yeah. Dude, right? It's, it's, right? It's the girl throwing herself at you at the bar, or it's the girl that won't give you the time of day. You're like, there's something. The other one's hotter, but you're like, that one. Something's mysterious about her, right? It's what's, what's going on with her, right? She's got a scar on her face and she won't even give me her number. I want that. That's the CIA, right? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Fuck. Yeah. Man, that that's eerie. How's your podcast doing? It's going good, man. I I, I I thoroughly this is the most fun I've ever had. It's I'm thirty years old and it's well, who cares about fun, man? Are you making any money? Oh now I'm making money. Attaboy. That's that's why it's the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> I think I, I sold a few books after your last one. Oh fuck yeah, man. I hope so. That's I hope so too. It's hard to track and that yeah, all yeah. that. But. Yeah, well that's what I try to do, man. Whenever I have on authors, I, I book put it in the title, put it in the description, sticky it in the top comment. And everyone I say everyone I talk to that does podcasts are like, You should be putting your own stuff in there. And I'm like, dude, I wanna make the guests happy. Because if the guests are happy, I'm happy. Because that means I'm going to get more. Because as the podcast gets bigger, dude, I had a guy that, I had a guy, Roger Williams, that he's like, dude, I sold 100 books in one day after doing like my fifth podcast with you. He was like, it snowballed. That's, well, now he comes back on whenever I ask him to. So it's like, to me, I'm like, that's my business. Win, win, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's my business is like, make the fucking guest happy, man. And to me, it's like, dude, you're giving me like right now, you're giving me 45 minutes of your time. The least I can fucking do is try to throw a couple book sales your way. It's yeah, right. to me, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's business. Do people um ever comment on your podcast or anything? It's it's as the podcast is slowly getting bigger, it's becoming. It, it, first off, it was like maybe every tenth video someone would comment. Now it's moving up to where it's maybe one or two a video. Sometimes they. Sometimes if the podcast gets political, people will start fighting in the comments, and that's my favorite because I love watching it. And it will – some of the ones with the Delta Force guys right after the election, those ones got like 300 comments, and I think that's my record. But You know, I, I did one last week that had a pretty good format. Sure. While they were doing it like we are right now, they were taking live yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I need a better internet connection to do that. I've done a podcast before, Don the Pleb, who – fuck, actually, you know what? You would love to do that podcast. I'll put one. His name's uh, Don the Pleb, P L E B, and his his group is Plebeian Media, P L E B I E A. I'll send you a link. And um, that's a cool guy. Yeah, man. I I gave him some of my guests, and he's come on mine. But that's how he did it. It was a live chat, and he was just reading the comments as they go. I haven't figured that out yet. I think I need better internet or something. But no, mine, I do them and then I upload them. And by the time it's uploaded, right? Because I'll upload this one. It will probably be uploaded by like 7 p.m. Right. Yeah, he does them live. And you can comment live and shit and people can. Well, inter- the thing that was cool about that is, number one, everybody loves to hate an ATF agent. Yeah. So there were people, yeah. you know, texting me. Fuck questions, this guy. Questions and yeah. 
mother pupper yeah yeah it was, it was a lot of fun but it's fun yeah no that's why when i did his podcast i mean the first thing was like who the fuck is this pale neo-nazi and i was like i was like fuck yeah man like you just gotta roll with it like that's the beauty of the internet though is people come no one's like here's a here's a question i have they're like fuck this cocksucker <laughs> you're like fuck yeah right yeah that's what i want to get to is do them live but dude, I'm gonna absolutely get you to do his podcast. He's got about five times more people than I do, and his podcast is fun. You'll definitely get some book sales through that. Plus, well, he's, just, he's a cool fucking guy. Shoot him an email, man. Hook a brother up. I will send him a text after this. His name's Don, dude. He's fucking he's ex marine. He's going to all he's going to all the rallies right now. The the stop the steal rallies. He's going with his he's like live streaming. He's carrying like his AR. He's just walking around. He's like, oh good god. He's like, fuck these communists. But no, I don't know if he's carrying his gun around. I might have spoken out of place. He's a he's a level headed guy. But uh, yeah, dude, he's Don's the fucking man. What do you think? Oh, speaking of election and ATF, did you see? You're in Georgia, right? Tennessee. Okay. Well, you were in Georgia at one point, and I was in Georgia yeah. too. Did you see that the who's it? Who's the governor? Nathan Deal or Kemp? His his Kemp. his daughter's Kemp. boyfriend. Did you see how that guy died the other day? No. He died in a car crash. If you look at the if you look at the evidence, it looks like a fucking car bomb. That dude was killed. That dude was one. I have no doubt in my mind. That dude was one hundred percent killed. Oh, dude. How do you cover something like that up? And why would you? Uh, well, I mean, Especially if you're a conservative or a Republican and a well, Republican gets blown up, you'd be screaming from the mountaintop. Or it's this guy that Trump's trying to get to call a special session and to do signature verification on the... He, this guy won't do it. He won't do it. I don't know if that looks a little sketchy when all of a sudden it, it, that doesn't look like a message from like some shadowy entity. They blew up his daughter's boy, killed him, incinerated him. If that's not a message to, hey... Shut the fuck up. I'd have to see that crime scene battle for I sure. will fucking I will send you an email after this. Dude, it looks right. it looks like a drone strike in Iraq. This doesn't look wow. like this doesn't look like a car crash. All the grass for like thirty feet around just torched, gone. The car, I mean it, it this thing looks melted. <laughs> like Wow. Yeah, I mean, because if it wasn't that, well then damn man, those vehicles need to be recalled because that thing looked like it went up like an IED. Gets a little hairy. Gets a little, especially because it's the government. Well, yeah. you know, I think we've seen enough over the years to know that nefarious shit happens. It sometimes. absolutely happens, man. Who was that? Hastings, that journalist uh, several years back, the guy that was posting bad articles about Petraeus, and then his car took off at like 120 miles an hour. Do you remember that? The Not vaguely. Yeah, and his, the engine block like flew out of the car and went like four blocks. His car was incinerated, and they were like, "Oh, he, you know." And and like the previous forty eight hours, he was sending like frantic emails and voicemails to family. He was like, "I'm not suicidal. I'm not like." <laughs> and they found this guy, and his car exploded after doing one twenty on like a suburban side road. Was that when Petraeus was in charge of the outfit? Yeah, I think actually, yeah, I think that was when. Whoo. <laughs> Hey man, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go stand up, just you gotta understand that you might get JFK'd. You know, it's yeah. If you're if you're a Iranian nuclear physicist, your days are numbered. <laughs> yeah, man. Seriously, what? Was, yeah, 
you know, you don't, you might, you never know when you, you know, might turn on your oven and you might blow out the top four floors of the apartment building. It's it happened. It does happen, and frankly, I don't have a problem when it happens to our enemies. I'm not too big of a fan when it happens domestically, but that might yeah, be right. that might be the irony and hypocrisy of it, though. You know, can I support this shit when it happens outside our borders? Well, does that just mean it eventually comes home? I don't know. Is that the moral karma? Is it biting me in the ass? Well, there's a lot between. Big leap between what you think happened and what you know happened. Yeah. I don't dispute. Sure. There's been nefarious shit done sure. in the name of the government sure. in domestic arenas. But I also know the government is not, with the exception of the CIA, the government is not really good at keeping secrets. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, police are not all that stupid. Yeah. Um, they came up on a, on a car bombing or a, a seat of a blast and somebody saying, oh, it's just a car wreck. You know, it's hard to keep a bunch of de- local detectives and patrolmen quiet. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just not a big conspiracy theorist. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I have to see proof. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 obviously you're speaking as an ATF veteran. I mean, it's very easy for me, right, to look at it from just on my phone and go, ah, conspiracy, deep state hit. But it's like sometimes shit just happens. Sometimes there's a, a sometimes the less sexy truth is that it was a an outsourced car and it had some shitty materials used and the gas tank hit something it wasn't supposed to hit. Sucks to suck. Hey, I'd love nothing more if if <laughs> something like that happened. Than to see it get blown out of the water. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Some water. That would be shit. that would be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, but it's it's the mind is at least my mind is always drawn to the sexier, right? It's like sometimes it's sometimes it's just that, right? But then you know how do you keep a bunch of local deputies quiet? Maybe you call them into a uh, a sparsely decorated office. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe call them in, tell them to bring their files in, and tell them case closed. Yeah, and go away. Yeah, maybe make them swear their uh, their allegiance. Go back to work, and uh, you know, there you go. You tell them each go back to work, and you say go back to your kids, and then you name them off. <sighs> Fuck, I don't know, man. Well, if I knew. If I had evidence, I'd be writing another book. Yeah, fucking right. Dude, I we're going to get back on that. How come when you and I know I know you said last time, you know, it takes a ton of effort. It's a ton of work. Well, maybe I think you should just write one like maybe not as like a formal book. Just throw some stories together. It doesn't need a flow. Just like chap one name would be chapters. It would just be story 1, story 2. Just throw them together. Just take them out of your head, put them on paper. You can narrate it. I've got a fair amount of uh, extra stuff that didn't make the book. That's what I'm saying. You know, that I can build on and I have built on a little bit. I just, you know, before I make that commitment again, I want to see some Benjamins. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing is you might need to make that commitment. It might not be, you know, it's kind of what you said. Get the clock running, do the shotgun approach, get in and get your time accumulating. It yeah, might, well, that shit cuts into my drinking time. Yeah, well, you know, and that's, I understand that. Hey, fuck it, dude. Drink while you write. Who cares? Who cares, man? It doesn't need to... 
Dude, my one of my favorite books is called House of God, and it's by a Harvard doctor that went through residency in the 70s. And he talked about how they had to work 100-hour weeks. They were smoking meth to stay awake. They were fucking the nurses in the in the closets to like relieve stress, relieve stress. That book is written, it's one of the it's one of the best-selling books of all time. It's called House of God for anybody listening by Samuel Shem, S H E M. That's his pen name. The real doctor's name is um Dr. Berg. That book is written with the worst grammar, the worst run It looks like the first draft of like an eighth grader. It's sentences that last three pages. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, man. Run on everything. Dot, 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 dot. <coughs> Triple exclamation points. Not wrong capitalization. Words are spelled wrong. But it's one of my favorite books because none of that matters. The story is so good that I don't give a fuck. I'm like, this book is he didn't run it through an editor. <laughs> he probably wrote it while smoking meth as a physician and was like, fuck it, it's finished. He's made tons of he's made tens of millions of dollars on that book. It's one of the best selling books of all time. House of God by Samuel Shem. And the reason is because it's so sexy and it's so appealing. I mean, I read it. It was written in like 1970. I read it in 2013. Butchered. English is butchered. It's, it's written horribly. An editor would have an aneurysm reading it. But I love it because I had a great editor. That's what I I'm love sa- my editor. Oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you did. But what I'm saying is, like, don't, you know, it's easy for me to kind of tell you what to do. I've never written a book. But, like, don't look at it as this mountainous, like, oh, well, I got to go do all that again. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. It would, oh, make no mistake, as hard as it was, um, I enjoyed everything. Yeah. minute of it i'd be sitting here like a lunatic down at my desk yeah laughing my ass off writing it <laughs> and i'd go uh delete you might want to want to go down that road fuck that don't save that for later and nah. maybe uh <laughs> that's what i'm saying write a book that should have been deleted that's what you need to do write a write write an entire amount of shit and only include the stuff that you would like to delete That's what's going to make it, man. It's a great concept. It, that's what I mean. I am, I am, admittedly, I am incredibly selfish, and I, <laughs> I just want to hear these stories from you. So I'm going to prod every which way I can to get them out of you. I think you should fucking do it, man. Well, and unfortunately, the ones that I, I literally had to delete and rethink and, and step away from involved other people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't mind throwing myself sure. under the bus and exposing my character sure. flaws, but I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, lay out my buddies. And- yeah, no, that's 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 admirable. I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like this podcast. I tell stories all the time about my shitheaded adventures, but I I leave out family. I leave out friends. Yeah. It's you know, you yeah. can't you can't just make it all right. Yeah, it's um, but to kind of pull it back towards the ATF or not, I don't give a fuck. Is um. Do you think, and I know we we kind of touched on this last time. Do you think that there are current, um, do you think there are current operations or open cases on things with Antifa or BLM or Proud Boys? About oh, because I mean, absolutely, they, yeah, because they, I mean, they, they are organized. They have supply chains. They have weapons. They have transportation. Now, you know, um, ATF generally only pursues investigations on any long-term basis yeah. um, if they fall within our jurisdiction violations. 
you know, so you got some Antifa guys or those other ones you were talking about out there knocking people in the head with sticks or what have you. We're probably not going to spend a lot of time. I mean, we we probably probably have people inside those organizations monitoring. <clears throat> but until it rises to the level of the Molotov cocktails, which is, you know, right in our wheelhouse, or destruction of government property or you know, weapons violations, firearm violations. Um, you know, we, we pretty much leave that to the locals to police up and do whatever. You know, we, we lend assistance. We lend manpower and equipment sometimes. But with things like, as so you said, like when it bumps up, you know, obviously, yeah, sticks, bike locks, just a bunch of people screaming and, you know, a bunch of fat chicks with blue hair. Right. When it gets to, but things like Portland or Seattle, like where they were burning down courthouses. Dude, it's been well publicized. ATF has hooked up a bunch of those people, came back, identified them, you know, got, had the evidence and freaking lit them up, you know, indicted them federally and they're charging them, you know, with destructive devices or, attempts to burn a federal building, you know, by means of explosive and all the various statutes. So yeah, when it elevates to that, or if like when they stop some of these guys en route to a rally and three of the five in the car are felons and they've got 15 rifles or pistols in their trunk, you know, they got a problem Mm -hmm. and we do get involved, Mm -hmm. but we just, we don't have the, people or the resources just to monitor every anti-cop, every anti-government um, person out there, kind of, you know, comes down to a freedom of speech and as long as that's all you're doing, and that's yeah. all we can establish you're yeah. doing, go ahead and run your suck as long as you want. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and I'm behind that 100%. Scream all you want. As much as I like to shit on them, I'm like, you fucking dirty communists. If you're out there, just Yelling, more power to you. It's yeah. it's better that you can do that as opposed to being somewhere in the CCP where you'll yeah, be. It's, it's brutal watching it and listening to it, you know, as a proud American. Sure. I don't mean just me. I mean anybody. Sure. You know, law enforcement or the National Guard or whoever have to be exposed to that. It's brutal to not be able to just throat punch them. And, yeah. You know, but do some street justice on yeah. them, but we don't get to do that. So, yeah. but but that's what makes this place such a a special place in in time and space in human history. Is that? Oh yeah, in yeah. China right now they're they're cracking heads, and and anybody speaking out against their government, they're putting themselves in gulags and and work camps, and yeah. they may be dead. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's. A, it's a pretty good trade-off to be here and be able to be stupid if you want. Yeah, it's it's what was I'm I'm no I'm butchering it. What's the Thomas Jefferson quote? I'd rather like dangerous freedom than like than like what is it? Than, I know. Like, you're yeah, it's, I'd rather have dangerous freedom than like safe stability or something. It's that's a trade-off, right? A trade-off of being able to own a gun is like you get mass shootings, right? A trade-off of like not being thrown in a gulag because I spoke out against the government is you get a bunch of people screaming in the streets, calling you a Nazi. It's like, but if we didn't have guns and then somebody like that knucklehead in Vegas or whatever was predisposed to do that, he'd make a homemade 
bomb. Yeah. He'd fire up a 18 wheeler, steal an 18 wheeler yeah. and just mow through the crowds until yeah. he ran over as many, twice as many as he shot. Yeah, absolutely. Guns. And, and that's what just infuriates me as an ATF agent is all this talk, the neophytes out there, the Kamala Harris and the Joe Bidens and talking about all this legislation they will do. I, I just asked them a simple question. What one got gun law have the criminals um, followed Ope, yeah, Ope. since the Gun Control Act of 1968? Yeah. Which one? Which yeah. one of those laws has any federal defendant, ATF defendant, followed? Yeah. So you can pass all the laws you want. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to stop a criminal because... A criminal is the person that breaks the fucking law. I mean, it ain't rocket science. <laughs> to some of these... Well, we can make it harder for them to get... No, you can't. They'll just go steal them. They'll make them. Yeah. When I, when I when I say people when I see hear people say like we're gonna ban guns I'm like oh that'll work just like how in high I say to the same friends I'm like that'll work just like uh just like the drinking law being 21 really stopped us from getting booze when we were 16 fuck out of here we were going downtown with a hundred bucks and saying to someone hey I'll give you a hundred bucks to buy us a bottle of vodka go find a homeless guy they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck and again what you said about the guy in Vegas Mandalay Bay shooter. Yeah, he would have, right, because that's what happened in Nice, France in 2015, 2016. The guy took the truck and killed 86 people driving. The guy in Vegas, I would argue that he wouldn't go get an 18-wheeler. What he would have done is still got the same fucking weapons. <laughs> he just would have yeah. would had to pony up. But, I mean, a guy that's willing to go, what, kill 59 people and injure 500? A guy that's willing to do that is probably willing to go to some seedy part oh, yeah. of town he and buy some guns. He's going to find a way. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like the dilemma of, like, uh, I think my husband's cheating on me, but he said he's not. It's like, well, if he's willing to cheat on you, he's also willing to lie about cheating, right? If a guy is willing to go kill 59 people, guess what? He's probably going to have no problem getting some guns off the black market in some warehouse outside of town. Just my two cents. I was going to kill all these people, but it's illegal. I just don't, I just don't understand the concept of punishing presumably good and decent law-abiding citizens or the sins of the criminals it's it's very easy to look at and say how stupid are these lawmakers now i thought that for a long time now i don't think it's stupidity i think it's uh knowledgeable uh maliciousness i think it's i think it's a slow boil the frog takeover of the united states and you start small right oh absolutely i mean what hitler did exactly you start very small i mean was it Khrushchev, Brezhnev, what a Soviet premier said, uh, communism will come to the United States, but it won't come through the borders. It will be the flag will be raised from within. I mean, the CCP came into power in 1949 and they established a 100 year plan to be the global hegemon by 2049. And they are about two, three fourths of the way there. And their entire thing is not planned by quarters or profit margins. It's decades long plans and it includes i mean yuri bezmanov from the for the soviet kgb defected to the united states he gave the famous speech about the three active measures of the soviets and the first was demoralization it takes about 10 to 15 years to demoralize a country you do that with vietnam destabilization you see all the riots right now and then finally you come through with the big dick arm of big brother surveillance you promise what were bezmanov words 
You promise them all sorts of things. It doesn't matter whether or not you'll deliver. Free college, free education, free health care. It's a slow, because that's the only, you can't take America on face to face. So what you have to do is you have to seed through slowly over well, it decades. It seems to be working a little bit. seems to be working pretty fucking well. Unless... Well, somebody, um, Lennon or one of them said, elections are not decided by votes. They're decided by the people counting the votes. Stalin. doesn't matter who votes. matters who counts the votes, right? And I think it was Lenin. There are decades where nothing happens. There are weeks where decades happen. And I think that's where we are right now. It's... But... It can be stopped. I don't think that I think part of that process of the hundred year plan by the CCP, which isn't some fucking conspiracy theorist, it's something openly embraced by them. It's two great books, Hundred Year Marathon by Michael Pillsbury and Stealth War by Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, the latter of which was on this podcast, episode one sixty. They talk about this, but one of the important things is to not look at it as this unstoppable uh rise right it's like the it's like a glacier it moves an inch a year but it can grind down mountains yeah but it's uh freedom and um liberty is built into our dna that's what i mean is the pendulum swings mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes a long time to swing back um you know, um, the Obama administration had eight years to beat this country down. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to take time to build it back up. Yeah. And I think that's what Donald Trump's efforts were for. And I think he did a damn good job in the four years he had. Um, but we got to clean out some of the, you know, politicians up there who just think they know that they should run Americans' lives. Yeah, fuck those people. And you're absolutely right. It's DNA and liberty are built. You could wipe the memory of every human on planet on the planet, get rid of the memory of the Constitution, free speech, natural law. And in a hundred years, in a thousand years, you'd still have people that would eventually they'd get to 18, 19, 20, and they'd go, Man, I wish I could just speak my mind. I wish I could have a little piece of property that I could call my home. I went back and started reading 1984. Fuck. <laughs> and I'm not a reader, so it's taking me months. Oh, I yeah. just read a few pages here and there. But when I do, um, it's pretty enlightening. It's 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 on Audible because I hate reading too. I just listen. But, dude, it's you listen to it and you're like, that sounds an awful lot like right now. <laughs> that sounds yeah. an awful lot like right now. Camera's in the room. <laughs> but we always come back. Yeah. I don't think I don't, and maybe I'm a, I'm with you. Maybe I'm an optimistic. Maybe I'm doe-eyed. You just got to read my book, Rat Snakes. Rat Snakes, and that's where all the answers are to all of your problems right now, everybody. Communism, the 2020 election. I mean, fucking the cure for cancer. Rat snakes. Oh, it's in there somewhere. It's in there. You just got to find it. It's in. Yeah. It's in written in code, right? Just <laughs> just like the just like the fucking Aryan Brotherhood did in jail, where they'd write with like urine. You just got to look at the rat snakes from the right light under a black light and read it backwards. It's all there. Cure for cancer, how to build a pure electric jet engine. It's all there. Who killed Kennedy? Who killed Everything. Kennedy? I lay it all out. It's out there. Who killed Kennedy? It's it's all out there. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. It's People don't know that. George Washington is actually still alive. It's in there. <laughs> but you got to just, you got to look deeper. I still got you. I got you for eight more minutes and I'm going to milk the fuck out of these. Um, 
Actually, yeah, I want to have on my buddy Joe, because I know he was trying to go into the ATF, and you remind me of Joe. He's one of my best friends. Not that that has anything to do with anything, but I'm going to have you on again in January with Joe. But for, for right now, and I know I keep circling back around to this, and I'm going to keep pestering you. When are you going to actively start writing the book? No dodging the question. Not not until you start making money. Don't know. Oh, I'll let you know when I do, man. <sighs> Why you gotta do this to me? I got shit to do, man. Well, I don't have anything to do, actually. I just don't feel like <laughs> freaking writing a book right this second. <laughs> I'll start writing a book if if you can if your podcast can get a thousand people to buy my book. Fuck. It might take um, a- I'll start writing the book in earnest. You start, you start coming back. I'll have you on. You start coming back once a month for forty five minutes. I'm not coming back a thousand times just to sell a thousand books. No, 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 no. You come back once a month yeah. for 2021. I'll have you on twelve times in 2021. I bet by this time next year, December 2021, I'll have you sold a thousand books. All right, deal. I, I can't promise shit. But hey, man, this podcast next week will be one year old. It went from nothing to now I'm making a salary on it. One of my old partners, um, right before I came on here this morning, texted me and said, dude, I just saw a podcast you were on a while back. And I said, which one? And it was yours. Fuck yeah. So he's out there searching, It's it's you know, for yeah. whatever ATF stuff and it popped up. So yeah. Who knows, man? You get about a million viewers Fuck yeah. and fucking 10% of them buy my book. I'm New York Times. Fuck yeah. And then the, then the publisher owes me a bonus. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Dude, that's what, it's how it's going to work, man. And, and I'm loyal. So when my podcast is bigger than Joe Rogan's, I'll remember who my original guests were. Joe who? I don't know. Some faggot who thinks he has a podcast. Just kidding. I love Joe Rogan, but... <laughs> Yeah, but his podcast ain't as cool as yours. No, not at all. My, I love his. I started listening to his when I was about a year old in college. Actually, when I lived in Athens. That dude's a shit show. He's a guy. I, I fucking, that's. He makes me laugh. He doesn't give one shit. I, I know. That's why I love him. Is he's, there's no, welcome back to the Joe Rogan. He doesn't give a fuck. He's out there. If you go to his early, his early episodes, like the first yeah. hundred, sponsored by the Fleshlight, you know, the handheld vagina. He's like, sponsored by the Fleshlight, guys. Look, we all masturbate. You got to rub one off. We want to watch porn and you want to fuck this synthetic pussy. Joe Rogan Experience, episode 10. <laughs> like, it's it's beautiful. And that's why, that's why I love him. He doesn't give up. And he went from being sponsored by the Fleshlight to getting a $100 million deal with Spotify. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, he's right. He's, Don't forget me when you get when Spotify calls you, baby. I'll get you. That's why. That's why I say I'm loyal. I'm fiercely loyal. I'll remember you. It's, but that's my logic, man. Is people like genuineness. People like legitimate conversations. They don't want to you in a suit and tie and me in a suit and tie. Mister Sheffield, you worked for the Alcohol Tobacco Firearms Agency. No, instead you come on, you're just smoking a cig, having a cup of whiskey, and it's like, sup, fucker. And it's like, let's jump into it. The CIA is running guns in Atlanta. Pfft, go. It, because that's how people talk in real life. No one does this candid shit, right? This podcast did not edit it. I don't edit shit. Unless the person specifically asks me to take out a segment, I will, out of respect for the guest. 
there's no editing, man. And that's that's why I love Joe Rogan is because it's it, he acts how people actually act. That's not professional. No, no one acts professional. When you're at home with your family, no one's acting perfect. It's just, what's up, fuckface? That's how people act. He was just the first person to say, I'm just going to act how everyone acts normally. And that's why it's the most downloaded podcast in history. That's. I think I got it. I think I can do it. Dude, I'm voting for you. Thanks. I'm rooting for you. Thanks, man. Well, fuck. Let's wrap this bitch up. I know. I yeah, I got I got a bail, man. I got stuff to do, sir. All right, man. All right, my man. Well, I'll, I'll send you an email. I'm gonna put you in, in touch with my friend Don the Pleb. You absolutely need yeah. to do that podcast. He's got. Yeah, do that. He's a he's Thanks. a cool, he's a cool fucking dude. And uh, all right, all right, Mr. Vince Cefalu, author of Rat Snakes. Sticking in the top comment in the description. Great book. About an eight hour listen. It's fine. It's perfect. It's fucking hilarious. It's actually a lot like the book, House of God, and that it made me laugh. Mr. Sheffaloo, stay safe, sir. God bless America. And um, thanks for being here, man. Later. Take it easy, buddy.